listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. It's the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16, Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. Excited for the show this week. Uh, you know, we got a good one. Uh, Devin Pratt is going to join us. We'll talk about the last week in Bronco land. Yeah, uh, obviously we're glad to have Devin on and very accommodating to jump on and deal with our questions every single week. So always appreciate Devin coming down and uh, giving, us, giving us some up- updates on the uh, on the roster as well. And I can't believe that we haven't had this guy on before. I guess he was giving you a hard time. He hasn't been a podcast <laughs> guest yet, but uh, the charismatic and unpredictable Sam McGinley. Yeah, I really thought we had him on at some point during the hub last year, but I guess we didn't. And uh, he, he came up to me after practice the other day and, and just said, when am I going to get on the podcast? And I thought... I said, didn't we have you on at some time before? And he said, no, I've never been on. So more than happy to get him down here after his dentist appointment and uh, and a great chat with Sam as well. Well, yeah, and we got a home and home with Regina coming up this weekend, and that is his former team, so it makes sense to, to go to him for a podcast guest here. I saw some video content on the Swift Current Broncos social channels, uh, some good humorous stuff about, uh, you know, some unusual meal choices, but me being the longtime, you know, part of the organization, I also noticed that during those videos they were wearing their black helmets and their black gloves. Does that mean retro jerseys this weekend? I believe so. I think it's one of two times the team is going to wear those retro jerseys this year, so um, hopefully the team has some better luck with those jerseys on than they've had in years past. I'm not sure they had a whole lot of success wearing those jerseys, but it's never a bad time to turn that around, and hopefully that happens uh, Friday night. And with that, uh, if people want to look the part for retro night, I understand in the stable there's some, some good deals on the retro merch. 25% off until uh, I think after Friday's game. So come to the game, pick up your retro merchandise for 25% off and uh, match the part for the guys on the ice. We got some toques, we got some gloves. Winter is inevitably coming. You feel that fall chill in the air. So look the part as a Bronco fan for uh, for this winter season. Uh, Devin Pratt going to be joining us shortly. I imagine you know he'll have some things to say about the team's most recent 5-2 loss to the Calgary Hitmen. Yeah, a bit of a tough one. Um, you know The team has played so many close games this year and, and really there's only been two games that weren't close close and this most recent one was one of them. Um, you kind of hear Devin touch on pretty good opening five minutes or so but as soon as Calgary got that first goal it kind of started to go downhill and then the second period it was 5 nothing by the end of the second period so one of those games that you equally want to forget about and move on from but also make sure you don't forget completely about what happened and how it happens you could take it into your next game. Our feature guest is going to be defenseman Sam McGinley in the much more immediate future we'll have that chat with Devin Pratt, the coaches portion of Broncos this week right after this you're listening to broncos this week presented by original 16 the official beer of the swift current broncos it's the Broncos This Week Coaches Show segment with uh, interim head coach Devin Pratt. He's joining us here at the uh, media wing of the Innovation Credit Union IPlex. Devin, uh, a few days without any game action, uh, probably nice to kind of reset and be able to, to take a good look at things, eh? Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, you know, we were disappointed in our effort Friday night. We kind of got... Uh behind the eight ball early and didn't really have much of a response so the boys strapped the work boots on Saturday and uh, enjoyed a day off Sunday and then you know we kind of had a similar experience at practice on Monday so for us it was just kind of owning that and unpacking it and uh, looking to move forward in a positive manner we you know we like our group when we're competing when we're in the fight and uh, when we're playing for 60 minutes and we're structured and detailed and we give ourselves an opportunity to win so we felt Friday Friday night 
night we got off to a good start first five minutes and then we gave up one and it was just kind of air out of the tires and, and no refocus so this little stretch is good for us you don't get many opportunities to have a, you know a Monday to Thursday practice before a Friday game so uh, we've been taking advantage of that well taking a look at your opponent on Friday first time you're going to see the Regina Pats uh, this season the home and home coming up here and uh, you know they're also struggling but they're kind of a young team as well so kind of like the last time we played Calgary just some young teams going head to head yeah yeah for sure I mean you know they have some uh, some firepower up front and uh, they're looking to find their way so you know I think it's just important for us that we, we focus on us doesn't matter who we play or where we play uh, we want to play Bronco hockey and really work on establishing that process for success you know with this team there there seems to be I don't want to say issues but uh, battling against adversity because you talked about it you had that good start and then there was a setback as a coaching staff how do you work through that well I think it's part of our growth and you know we talk about how our team is young um, and that's the the truth so we have to own that it can't be a crux on us for the year uh, it's who we are it's part of our story this year and uh, we look at it more from you know there's some immaturities in our play and immaturity is like you know maturity is developing or fully developed so we haven't fully developed that 60 minutes yet and you know to, to find that and we have to learn and grow as a group um, but that's you know that's where these are, these are learning opportunities a loss is only a loss if you don't learn from it you have to learn um, so that's where you know we've talked about it on here before about touching the oven and it burning us and we're just hoping that the next time we get into that scenario or if we have a lead going into the third period we're, we're confident we're we're playing on our toes. Uh, we're not deviating from our game plan. And, you know, we're, we're eagerly excited to see it through. You talked about not wanting the young excuse to be used as a crux. Do you think guys can use it as motivation, thinking that this team's too young to do anything and they can try and prove people wrong if that's kind of the thought process? Yeah, I think, you know, it's... We, we want to own our own narrative in the dressing room um, right from the start of the year. Like, you know, if we want to look at rankings or you want to look at what everyone else is saying, I mean, we, we have our own expectations. So we want to we want to hold ourselves accountable to the standards that we've set uh, to the expectations that we have of ourselves and of everyone else in that dressing room. So uh, I, I think it can be motivation. But, you know, at the same time, at this level, you got to be motivated to play every day of the week. You got to be motivated to bring your best and you know when you got everyone showing up to the rink and giving it everything they got every day you have you're going to improve and that's what we're looking for from these guys is you know whether there's no days off there's no passengers we want 25 guys driving the bus with uh with special teams play at competitive levels of hockey you often talk about how you want your power play percentage and your penalty kill percentage to add up to 100 percent or be at least 100 percent right you guys right now are hovering around that 95 mark is uh, is special teams something that's getting worked on with this group yeah i mean i think that's that's the focus uh, at high high level competitive hockey everywhere. Like it's make or break, right? And uh, you know the important thing there is that there's going to be hot stretches, there's going to be cold stretches, and it's kind of a short memory. If we get a power play and we haven't had success in a while, you got to be excited to get out there. Uh, you got to be, you know, looking forward to that opportunity and simplify, simplify things and, and get pucks on net and create some traffic. And same idea with the penalty kill. You know, when it's it can't be 
uh, one struggler's penalty kill leads to two or three. It's got to be, you know, if we have one that's not quite where we want it to be, we got to be able to snap it back together and get back to our details and of what works. So, you know, it's uh, it's often games are won and lost in that regard. Uh, you know, if your special teams can, it's either going to help you or it's going to hurt you. One guy who's going to be excited to get back out there is Cole Nagy. Hasn't played yet so far this season. Uh, sounds like he's ready to go here. Uh, I guess uh, I can't imagine how excited he is to get back in and get going. Yeah, you know what? Cole's been very impressive. His work ethic, he's the last guy to leave the rink here every day. Uh, he comes off the ice. He's been working out. He's been keeping himself in game shape. Um, so we're hoping he hits the ground running. Uh, big body presence. He'll help out our power play around the net. And then, you know, he's, he's great in the face-off circle as well. And, uh, you know, if you're chasing the puck after off draws all night, uh, you know, you're just starting those those possessions without the puck so um, yeah we're looking forward to uh, having him back in the lineup yeah for sure that's got to be a, a big plus you know having someone like him to pencil into certain situations uh, also want to ask you about your your other import player Alexi Shinar and uh, what's the uh, what's the update there with uh, with his impending arrival yeah I believe things are kind of getting pushed across the line here right now so uh, the final paperwork is going down and we're looking to book him a flight here um, hopefully within the week to 10 days so uh, you know we'll uh, uh, we'll be excited when we see the white of his eyes when he's here and uh, he's he's a part of the fold and then it's bringing him up to speed working through some kinks in the transition to the Canadian game do you uh, do you know what you're getting with this guy because so often these players they come over from overseas maybe you've seen a little bit of video on him but uh, you know what what are you expecting from this young man yeah, I think, you know, with uh, the technology and where things are at now, we have a pretty good feel on who he is. Um, you know, we think that he uh, He's a big, bigger body. He likes to, you know, be involved. He has the puck skills, um, but he likes the high traffic areas. He doesn't shy away from things. Uh, we think that he can add depth to our lineup, and then it's, you know, it, it'll be hard to tell in what what exactly is the level he's at or what are the expectations of where he was and then making that transition to uh, that detailed game that we have here, right? So um, we're excited to get to work with him. We know that he's excited to get over here. Uh, he has the translator working and you know, I, uh, I'll i do my best to pick up a couple Russian words to make <laughs> him feel uh, at home and uh, yeah, we're really excited to get him. Well, and that leads right into what I wanted to talk about was the, the translation factor. I think at Notre Dame, you've worked with a couple of uh, you know European players, but but for, for guys who don't really speak a ton of English coming over, how difficult is it to kind of get your point across when you're trying to talk to them? Yeah, I think that's where video will be important, uh, drawing things out and having some patience and some time for them uh, to work through things. And then, you know, I think there has to be a commitment level on his side. Uh, he's got to be willing to learn. Uh, you know, if he's looking to play the game over here in North America, I mean, English is the language that uh, the majority of it's played in and then and understood. So whether he's getting to the next level or, or wherever it may be, He's going to have to have some understanding of that. But um, I think that's, you know, that's for us to kind of work with them, to teach them through. And, you know, I, I do have a lot of experience with the Europeans and Russians, and that's often the case. I mean, they're, they're coming over here for one reason, and that's to play hockey and learning part of the language and, and how we're communicating. And those things are, are a part of that. And uh, they, I've seen they, they find it important as well. And then the other side of it is, you know, the, the it's played on ice the nets are the same size it's we're using the same puck you know there's no different rules to the game so it's hockey and that translates uh different languages different cultures wherever it may be uh it's still a game and you know that's where we need to have that excitement for him just to get out there and play right on Devin. thank you for this looking forward to seeing the team back in action with a home and home in regina this weekend greatly appreciate it thank you very much 
You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. It's the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. Longtime listener, first-time guest, Sam McGinley. And Bosch and I were just talking. You haven't been on before, like even when we traded for you? No, no. I think uh, I got a couple of interviews, but I don't think I've ever been on here. Wow. Like, so not, it, it wasn't an intent to big league you in any way, just so you know, <laughs> man. Like, honest, honest mistake there. But glad that we got you here now. Um, you just came from the dentist. Everything okay with the jibs or what? Yeah, just had to fix a bracket, got it pulled out again. Uh, med hat a couple weeks ago but uh, uh, it's looking good now Got that couldn't have been comfortable how did that feel well I was like digging into my gums it was it was hurting for a bit but I got it all sorted out so well, you're good, good to go though. then. And, uh, I mean, we're nine games into the season here, Sam. I know it hasn't been, you know, the wins haven't been coming lately, but um, you had a full week of practice here. How are the guys feeling over the course of this week? Good so far, honestly. I mean, uh, it, it's new because we got a team this year that has a lot to prove. Even though we're young, we have a lot of potential and we expect highly of ourselves so just coming off of that game in Calgary we want to forget about it but we also want to learn from it like it's uh, one of those things where with being a young team we have a lot to learn but I think the boys are reacting well and today's practice I thought we had a lot more intensity and it's been good. I'm excited. Yeah, for you personally, I mean, this uh, this whole pandemic situation must be a bit of a trip because you play a full season in Swift Current as one of the young guys. Then things get put off, put off, put off, 24 games in the hub. And then now suddenly you're back here to what we hope will be a 68-game season in a leadership role all of a sudden like the last few few years in this organization must be interesting for you eh? yeah it's definitely a weird for sure I mean coming in here as a rookie and then kind of being a vet to say the least at the end I mean but it's cool I mean I've learned a lot especially through the pandemic and I honestly will take everything that the COVID has got me and I'll take it and run with it like I was able to go to St. Louis and which was pretty lucky but no, it's been a lot of teaching and a lot of learning for sure, and I'm excited. Before we get into St. Louis Blues Camp, uh, I wanted to ask you about your hub experience because I think everybody experienced it differently. Um, for you, how did you find living in the dorms there, you know, hanging out with the guys when you could and, and playing those games in an empty arena? You know what? At the time, I did not like it, obviously, <laughs> just being stuck and cooped up. But, like, looking back on it, I miss it. Like, we were such a close team, and learned a lot like just kind of learning how to live on your own and being in your mind a lot of the time it was a lot of mental health things going on with the team and you had to push and learn through it and honestly it was good for me I needed that I needed to be isolated I needed to learn to live with myself and I need to learn to be in my head comfortably and not just run away from everything yeah because you're in there and like your life is just the hub and and hockey so from a developmental standpoint, do you think there were some advantages to it? Oh, for sure. I mean, honestly, you had to you had to mature quicker than you wanted to. Like, if you were 16, you had to be 20 in the mental state of things. Like, I came in there kind of just lollygagging around, like, not really understanding mental health and kind of taking care of myself. And I definitely came out with a new outlook on that stuff. And that's why I'm happy I had that experience. Like, it taught me a lot, and I'm happy to have that so it was good for us, and I mean, yeah, it was 
to say the least, quite an odd experience. <laughs> Were there guys who helped you with that regard towards the you know the mental health aspect of it and kind of just fighting your way through it every day? Were there some guys who kind of you gravitated towards on the team that kind of helped you through that stuff? Oh, for sure. Me, uh, I uh, bonded with Owen Williams quite a bit during that bubble. Um, he connected with me on a heart, on a close level, and uh, obviously Kate Augustine, who was with us. We had a really close connection coming to the bubble, and obviously what happened was really sad, and it disrupted me a lot. And Owen saw that, and he kind of took me under. And it was really nice to know that there are people on his team that truly cared, and Caleb Bullich as well, and Michael Farron. Like, all, all the vets that needed to be vets were there and supported me and helped me along the journey that I needed help with. And honestly, I owe a lot to Owen Williams. He, he really took me on his shoulders and helped me a lot. And now you're in that role. Like, you're one of the vets. So are, are you finding yourself being there for, for the young guys on this team now? Yes. Like, I mean, obviously I want to, but it's uh, it's a lot of them too. It's them opening up and it's them kind of making sure they feel comfortable enough to open up. You can't really go towards them and just say, tell me, tell me, tell me, right? Yeah. You got to be, you just got to show that you're there. And if they're willing to come and talk to you, then they're willing to come and talk to you. But if not, like it's something that you got to learn and you got to try and open up to because in the long run, it will help you a lot if you can talk about it and if you feel safe talking about it, right? So obviously, I want to be there for all the young guys and even old guys on our team. But at the end of the day, they've got to have the courage and hopefully be able to come and talk to me. With such a young group, I think sometimes maturity can be an issue for some teams. Do you feel that this young group is, is quite a mature group? I mean, talking to the guys, they're all pretty laser-focused on hockey and they want to be the best they can be. So how do you feel about the maturity level within that locker room? It's honestly really good, surprisingly good, actually. Um, I think the guys who were in the bubble last year, like I said earlier, you had, if you were 16 in that bubble, you had to be 20. And, like, you can see it in Pickering and Ward and just how they had to mature in such a role last year and bringing it into this year, which is really developmental for the young guys like Bernie and Gouldy. But just being so young and having such a mature mindset is so crucial for this team because of how young we are and how new it is for everyone. But I think the boys are really handling it quite well. And honestly shocking a lot of people to doing it the back end of this team you know at times it's been a little nicked up there's been some suspensions to play through sure, uh, certainly no shortage of ice time for you this year you know how do you feel about where you're at this season uh so far i would say i'm doing good obviously i hold myself to a pretty high standard so i'd like to do better uh, offensively want to put up some points and help to de uh, help the forwards as much as i can but so far, I think it's been good. I mean, yeah, like you said, I've been a lot of ice time and a lot of m moments where I've had to kind of just step up in a way that I didn't think I'd have to step up. And so, yeah, it's been crazy so far, but quite exciting. <laughs> well, you had an exciting start to the year, too, with that invite to St. Louis Blues Camp. And I remember talking to you in the summer when the news first came out and you were eating pancakes when you got the news. Is that what it was? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was eating pancakes. Oh, that was funny. Yeah, no, that call was uh, quite surprising, obviously. Um, Never would have thought it would happen, especially after a bubble season like that. Um, but, man, am I happy. That, it, it, it really taught you a lot. It matured you more than you wanted to. <laughs> but it's handled so different down there, and it's handled so much more professional, obviously. But 
there's guys that are coming at you. Hey, you want this, this, and this? Here, protein shake. It's like I just got off the ice five <laughs> seconds ago, and yeah. there's five people running at me. Like, holy moly! And they just take such care of their bodies, and it's crazy down there. I definitely want to make it there someday for sure. So you you talked about how it was surprising to you. So you're you're just sitting at the IHOP enjoying breakfast, and all of a sudden, like, what happens? Does the call come from your agent? Does it come from someone in the Blues organization? And were you expecting it at all? Well, no, I wasn't. Like, obviously, I was watching the draft the day before and uh, just seeing some of my friends go. I was pretty happy and excited. Like, I wasn't expecting a whole lot. Um, I didn't think I had the best bubble experience. I hold myself a little higher than I thought I did but yeah no my dad called me actually and uh he was like hey answer your phone answer your phone you're getting a call and I'm like oh okay like oh god what did I do this time you know <laughs> type thing um so I answered and uh lo and behold it's uh, St. Louis's scout and he's just like hey do you want to come down to St. Louis and I was just like uh yeah yeah for sure and he's like you sure and I'm like 100% yeah I'll be there for sure he's like okay perfect I'll send you the information excited to have you and I was just like oh my goodness yeah I can't believe this is happening so what was day one you get on the plane you know you leave here you left early Regina I think you said you drove to Regina flew out there and when you get to St. Louis what was kind of that day one well yeah I mean I left here at three and I missed my flight in Atlanta um, so I stayed there for like six hours and I ended up getting to St. Louis in midnight so my roommate was dead asleep when I walked in. <laughs> what a great way to start off the trip, waking up my roommate. Um, but day one, we uh, we got to the rink. It was kind of everything was set up. Like you didn't have to do anything. You had your St. Louis stuff all ready to go. And you were just kind of, holy, sh this is the thing. <laughs> like, oh, my goodness. And they got you on practice to, or it was actually fitness testing, I believe. So they got you on the fitness testing, then they got you on ice, and then they did a bunch of like blood work and COVID tests just for safety reasons and stuff. And, and then we had a nice time that night. And uh, yeah, it's it's quite hard. They definitely even we didn't have the NHL coaches. We had the Springfield AHL coaches, but. They run you like through some hard stuff, and you were like catching your wind after the second drill, and you're like, "Uh oh, this is gonna be crazy." Well, that's what I was gonna ask you. Like, how how intense was the pace, and you know, the pace that the coaches were putting you through, and how were the other guys keeping up? Because I imagine it was a, a shortened hub type season for for a lot of guys that were there, not just yourself. Yeah, I mean, a lot of guys there played in the outright, so they didn't even get to have a season. So, but a couple of them were playing in Europe and everything, and so they got they were getting nice time but yeah no it was crazy like the intensity is like beyond expectations like you have to be better than you are mid season form at the beginning of the season right and there was like AHL guys there and guys who already played in the NHL so they were pushing the pace a lot and yeah it was quite eye-opening to say the least just coming from the hub to that and in such a short amount of time you have really no idea what you're getting yourself into how much are you trying to soak up in a, in a situation like that are you are you talking to the guys who have gone through it before played in the nhl like you said or are you kind of just sitting back and listening to everything that's being said uh definitely a little bit of both like luckily i knew a couple guys going down there and obviously jake neighbors who made the team i uh, knew a bit beforehand so I tried to talk to him as much as I could before actually heading out there and I just asked him like what do I, what do I expect like what are these coaches looking for and how are they like 
going to treat it or how are they going to like handle situations in this so there's definitely a more of a soaking up and learning but you also need to ask questions in case you're like wondering and confused and stuff because that's what they like to see as well yeah did you uh, did you get much feedback from them uh so during the whole period of time uh, they didn't talk a whole lot just because they got a lot on their plate right and then when we were flying home from Traveler City, they sat you down at the front and were just like, hey, thank you for coming. How'd you like everything? And you said it was great. The experience was unbelievable. Like, thank you so much for having us. And near the end, they were just like, you really surprised us. And it was quite exciting to see you out there. Keep doing what you're doing and we're going to keep watching you. And it was really nice to hear that, obviously, just seeing how much your hard work pays off, right? And it, just like I told you in the summer, like everyone's watching all the time, even during practices, people will see you. Nice. Did you guys get a chance to do anything outside of hockey? I know you were in Traverse City for most, if not all of it, but do you guys have any sort of like team builders? Did you go around and do some stuff or was it kind of just at the rink every day? Sadly, not as much as previous, just because of the COVID and everything. So the NHL kind of had locked down everything like I heard in previous years you get to go to like a baseball game and stuff like that but luckily in Travelers we were on like a beachfront hotel so we like sat by the beach on our off day and went mini golfing and it was pretty nice like you got to connect with the team and get close with everyone nice good stuff so yeah. this weekend coming up uh home and home series Regina they're going to be here on Friday and then there on Saturday it's been a few years since they moved you to Swift, but is that still, uh, you know, a team that you look at on the calendar and, and, you know, pay close attention to that one and really look forward to it? Yeah, and no, I mean, obviously it's been a few years, right? So I'm kind of just, this is my home and I want to be here, but I still got a couple friends on that team and you always like to go in there and show them what's up and show them how this team's come along, right? All right, Sam McGinley, uh, long-time listener, first-time guest. So, sorry it took too long. This was great, man. Oh, no, we'll, thank uh, you so much. You know, this first time awesome. but not the last time. We'll get you on again before the season's done, man. Perfect. Thank you, thank you. Right That's on. Awesome. Feature guest, Sam McGinley on the Broncos This Week podcast. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Winding down another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast, brought to you by Original 16. Next home game is going to be Friday night, game number one of a home-and-home home with uh, the Regina Pats and I guess uh, Friday October 29th that's going to be the closest we'll get to Halloween yeah if you uh, feel so inclined to dress up in your your best Halloween garb uh, feel free to do so and come down and support the guys with your Dracula costumes on or whatever it may be we were asking a bunch of the guys what their um, you know main Halloween costumes were when they were kids a lot of superheroes a couple of Star Wars outfits I was more of a ninja guy myself almost <laughs> every single year what about you oh Halloween costumes you know what I never really excelled at Halloween I, I I always put a, a ton of effort into uh, cutting two holes into a sheet <laughs> and uh, going as the ultra creative ghost. That was uh, that was about as far into it as I got. But uh, yeah, fans encouraged to dress up and the team will be dressing up in a manner of sorts with a uh, little retro gear by the looks of things. Yeah, the old, uh, you know, green and uh, and yellow and, and black uh, third jerseys uh, coming out of the uh, the closet there to, to jump on the ice. So it's going to be going to be an exciting game. First game against Regina this year. Of course, uh, you know, a lot of talk about Connor Bedard coming into Swift Current for the first time and we're obviously not going to pump him in such a way that it seems like we're centered around him. This is a Broncos podcast. We're paid by the Broncos but this is a special <laughs> player coming into Swift Current and uh, it's not often you're going to get a chance to watch a guy this talented for, you know, 20 bucks. So uh, be sure to come on out and 
and uh, and catch the Broncos in action on Friday. Yeah, the Pats organization can start their own podcast <laughs> where they hype them up there, but uh, but very much looking forward to seeing the Broncos take on 98 and the Regina Pats this weekend. Game number one of a home and home. Next home game this Friday, 7:05. Hope to see you at the Innovation Credit Union Iplex. That does it for another edition of Broncos This Week. You've been listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16.